Welcome to Growing in Grace with Associate Pastor Josh Shell. This is a ministry of First Baptist Church located at 1700 Milam Street, Columbus, Texas. We are praying that God will bless you as you listen to this message. If you would like additional information on worship times and ministries at FBC Columbus, you can find out more at our website, fbccolumbustx.org. And now, take your copy of God's Timeless Word as Pastor Josh gives today's message. Well, good morning, everyone. I hope you guys are doing well. It's good to see you guys here. In, in Ephesians 1, Paul, well, really, this letter of, to Ephesians or to the churches of Ephesus, Paul is writing to these churches because he's reminding them of this. He's saying, hey, you guys are doing so good at remaining faithful to Christ. I've seen it. I, I, I've journeyed to you. I've stayed with you. I've seen your passion for the gospel. Stay with it. Do, do not lose sight of that. Do not lose sight of who you are in, and that is in Christ, because as soon as you lose sight of it, you're gonna go down a very dangerous path. When you lose sight of who Christ is in your life, you become first, and Christ becomes second, and that's dangerous. You idolize yourself. And so in this passage today, though, in, in chapter one, I want us to see the blessings that we have where we remain in Christ. And I want to encourage all of us to put aside any expectation or any idea that we have about what we think is best for our lives here in this, in the, in this life. And that we need to surrender any of that to the Lord today. Because if, if we're going to have any effectiveness to share the gospel to our community or to our family or to those who are lost, we need to die to ourselves, pick up our crosses, and we need to follow after the one who came and laid his life down for us. Because it's only through the acts of service and through sacrificial and gracious love that we can ever have a witness to those around us. So will you guys read this passage with me? We're going to be in Ephesians chapter 1. Verses 3 through 14, you guys can stay with me in honor of God's word as we read through this. Picking up at verse 3, it says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him, in love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time, to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of, his, of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. So that, we will, so that we who are the first to hope in Christ might be the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, 
who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it, to the praise of his glory. Will you guys pray with me? Lord God, we come before you, and Lord, we thank you for the way that you have set things forth from the beginning of time for us to be your children. Those who confess in the name of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, Father, we are now adopted as sons and daughters into your kingdom. That is something that you set forth in the very beginning. We thank you so much for that. We thank you for the fact that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross to fulfill the, the, the Old Testament covenant so that way the New Testament covenant can be established and this can take place for us. God, I pray that you'll lead us and guide us through this time today. May your words truly be spoken. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, thank you guys. You may be seated. So there's three things that I want us to look at this morning as we work through this passage. Um, the first thing that I want us to see here in verses three through six is that for those of us who are in Christ, it's not by coincidence. Now, this is where it gets tricky when you read a passage like this because some of you guys might think I'm going a little bit more Calvinism here and I'm not a Calvinist, okay? But we have been chosen by the Father. We have been chosen by the Father. That's what we see here in these verses. It's not by, it's not by a random fact that we have come to know the, the Lord, okay? And we see that here in these verses. Going back to verse three, it says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in heaven, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. And this is the, this is the scary word that everybody's afraid of in the church today. In love, he what? Predestined us. Now, again, I'm not trying to get into this whole predestination versus free will conversation, because again, that's a, for a whole nother sermon for a whole nother day. But just to kind of give you an idea though, what he means about by this word, when he talks about how we are chosen, that we are predestined, okay? Predestined means that it is to mark out the boundaries beforehand. To mark out the boundaries beforehand. So God, when he says that you are predestined, he's not saying, all right, Josh, this is your life, then, and this is how it's gonna go, no matter what, you have no choice in the matter. That's not what God is saying here. See, God, what he's doing is, says, hey, I'm gonna set the boundaries beforehand for you guys, but I'm gonna give you the free will to choose to follow me. And if you choose wisely, then you will inherit the kingdom. But if you choose unwisely, then you're gonna be like your original parents, Adam and Eve, and you're gonna follow the path to destruction. Again, you see that picture back in the garden. God gave Adam and Eve everything they ever needed. They told them, hey, you can eat of any tree in the garden except for this one tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But as soon as you eat of this tree, you will surely die, right? And then they get deceived, right? The serpent comes into the picture and he says, now did God really say you can't eat of this one tree? And Adam and Eve give in and Eve takes the fruit, eats it, and gives it to her husband Adam and they both fall into this perpetual state of sin right? In that moment, they were at a crossroads. They had the opportunity to remain faithful to, to the one true God who was abiding with them, who was dwelling among them, who gave them everything that they needed in this life. And what's even crazier is that the, the way that the snake the, or the serpent or the evil one deceived them was saying, God knows that if you eat of the tree, you will become like him. And so man thinking that they knew what was right for themselves chose this path of destruction. And guess what guys, we're still doing that today, right? 
But all that to say is, is that God predestined beforehand, like for those who choose to follow me, they will inherit the kingdom. They will inherit life. And as a result of those who follow me, guess what they will receive? Every spiritual blessing. Every spiritual blessing. That's what he's talking about there in verse 3. He says, He who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in heaven in the heavenly places. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And this is not just talking about uh, the good feelings that we receive when we're inside the church or when we're meeting in a Bible study, or when we're praying in the one time of the week that we pray. This is talking about for everything in our lives, people. Okay, this is talking about, um, our, when it talks about our spiritual blessings needed, it's talking about for our spirit, for our soul, for our body, for the past, present, and future, for salvation and service for a time and eternity, both now and forever. This is everything we ever need in this life. God, when we choose, when we, when we confess Jesus Christ as Lord of our life, when we believe in our hearts and confess of our mouth, with our mouths that Jesus is Lord, we now receive every spiritual blessing we need in this life to walk forward in faith and assurance in the gospel. Nothing else. When we choose to confide in the things of this world, we're saying God is not good enough, that his blessings are not good enough. They're not sufficient for us. But for anyone who's in Christ and they've experienced the, the grace and the love and the true blessings that come with salvation, there's nothing else that we would want to follow. Right? So again, the Father in this matter, when, when he set the parameters from the beginning, when he predestined a group of people, right? So when you look to the Old Testament, who is that group of people? Israel, the Israelites, God's promised people. He set them apart for the purpose of his glory, right? And then he gave them the Old Testament covenant. It says, hey, if you guys abide by this, you will remain in me and I will remain in you. And unfortunately, they weren't able to abide. They weren't able to fulfill that, fulfill that Old Testament covenant. But God knew in the beginning, he predestined from the beginning that he would send the one who could fulfill that Old Testament covenant. And that is Jesus Christ. And through him, we now are able to obtain the, every spiritual blessing. And through him, we were able to obtain the inheritance in which he promised through, the, his, through his people. So again, we, why, when, why would we want to try to turn and follow anything else in this life when we know that we have such a great inheritance in this life with every spiritual blessing? Which leads me to the second thing, is that we've not only been chosen by the Father, but rather, the second thing is this, that we've been redeemed by the Son. We've been redeemed by the Son. We see this in verses 7 through 10. Verse 7 says, In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of His grace, which He lavished upon us. What does it mean to be redeemed? To find redemption. Yes, this, this is a, I'm asking you guys to answer. It's fine. It's not rhetorical. To be redeemed. To be purchased. At a cost? 
What was that cost? Jesus. His blood. We have been purchased. We have been redeemed. We have been saved from our trespasses and sins. You know, the things in which Adam and Eve brought about, which has now been perpetually going throughout history of mankind. The thing in which the Old Testament covenant was supposed to, uh, uh, to, to bring about salvation for, but it couldn't because we could not fulfill that standard, but Christ did. And when Christ came, when he died on the cross, when he lived that perfect life and died the perfect death and rose from the grave and ascended and sitting at the right hand of the Father, we now have redemption. We've been bought by the blood of Christ. We have been redeemed by the Son. Guys, again, from the very beginning of the time, that was God's original plan. He was not surprised by sin. He was not surprised by Adam and Eve's decision. He was not surprised by the fact that his chosen people, the Israelites, could not fulfill the Old Testament covenant. That's why he had Jesus. And that's why he planned for him to come at the right time to die for the sins of the world. And not just for the sins of the world at that time, but for the sins of the past, present, and for the future. That's absolutely incredible. That's where we find our hope. That's where we find uh, our assurance in this life today. When we face each day, when we face the uncertainties in which are unfolding in our, in our homes, in our communities, in our city, in our, in our nation, in our world, we can find assurance and hope in the redeemed blood of Christ, knowing that through his redemption, we now can have a great inheritance that's been predestined from the beginning. Again, I'm not saying that, we have, that we're just pogs in a chess game or you know, pawns in a chess game, but rather God is saying, hey, no, 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 no. I have it all figured out, but I want you, I want you to desire it. He wants you to have that relationship as much as he wants a relationship with you. He's not gonna force it upon you. He wants you to desire it. And if, and if you don't desire it, then you're just gonna be walking down a lonely path of destruction. And you're not gonna see the benefits of the redeemed blood of Christ, the inheritance in him. Again, I, say, I feel like we say this every week. In a church this size, not everybody in here is saved. Not everybody in here has a relationship with Jesus. Not everybody in here has been redeemed. Somebody in this room could be living a really dark and lonely life, but they're masquerading it. They're covering it up, making it look pretty. That's a lonely life. That's a scary life. So I pray that if that's you here today, that you will just humble yourself just as God did by sending his son. He humbled himself, taking on the form of flesh to come into the world to die the most agonizing and most embarrassing death that any man could ever die. So that way he could demonstrate his love for you and for me. Praise God. And that through that death, through that burial, through that resurrection, through his blood, we now have been sanctified. We've been redeemed. We've been purchased so that we could have that relationship and have eternity with the Father in his kingdom. And this is all lavished upon us. This is a free gift. We don't deserve it. Not one bit. But it goes on there in verses 9 and 10. 
And it says this, it says, making known to us, so he, he lavishes upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, which was the inheritance, right? So the mystery, we'll go back to the Old Testament, his inheritance, his promise in which he laid out for us, has now been fulfilled in Christ and has now been revealed in Christ. His inheritance, according to the purpose which he set forth in Christ. So again, this was the purpose for Christ was to come and to redeem us. And the, and the purpose of man for you and I, from the very beginning, was to have intimate relationship with God the Father. Anything outside of that is not part of our, uh, our purpose. We are, we are to worship, we are to praise and to glorify God in everything that we do. That was the intended, the intended purpose of man. And the intended purpose of Christ and his coming was to renew that for us. Goes on verse 10, it says, and as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. And guys, there's gonna be a day where Christ will return and he will truly unite all things in him. But the key word, the key words there is in him. In him. He will reunite all things in him. So for those of us who are in Christ, we will be united. And it's going to be a beautiful picture when Christ returns and he establishes his kingdom forevermore. Because those of us who are in Christ, we have his inheritance. We have hope in the, the next life, in the kingdom. But for anybody who's outside of Christ, it's going to be a dark and lonely place of weeping and gnashing of teeth. We looked at that a few weeks back. But again, all this was set in place so that we could all be united in Christ. And God's desire is for all to come to know Christ. And not just specific people. So again, going back to the chosen, you know, like the Israelites, the chosen people of God. People have, to think that, they have a tendency to think that God uh, is selective on who he chooses. But you see, God chose the Israelites in the Old Testament as an example. He chose them as an example to show the world that mankind cannot fulfill the standard of which God has for us. And that it can only be fulfilled through one perfect sacrifice, Jesus. And now as a result of Jesus coming, that, that chosen group of people has now been expanded. For anyone who's in Christ is now being adopted, grafted into this chosen people the Israelites. So it's no longer about a, uh, a location in the Middle East. It's about those who confess Christ. We who are in Christ are part of God's people. We are Israel. <laughs> and it's gonna be a really lonely day when, if, whenever Christ returns and you're not a part of the chosen people and you're not grafted into the family. He goes on, though, in verse 11. This is where the final thing is, my, my third point. So not only have we been chosen by the Father or redeemed by the Son, but we are assured by the Spirit. We are assured by the Spirit. We see that here in verses 11 through 14, where he says, In him we have obtained the inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to his counsel of his will. So that we who are the first to hope in Christ might, pray, might be the praise 
uh, sorry, might be to the praise of his glory. In him, you have heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and you believed in him. And those who are believed in him are sealed by the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it. So for any of us who are in Christ, we have been given this extra gift called the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit dwells within us, and he assures us, and he leads us, and he guides us. And he is the guarantor of our inheritance. This is where we can have hope today. When we look out to our world, and we look out to our community, and we're like, man, this world is going to hell in a handbasket. Guess what? Our hope is not in that. Our hope is in Christ. Our hope is in uh, the fact that we now have the Holy Spirit, the gift, the guarantor of our inheritance until we become in possession of it. You know, the one who prays on our behalf when we don't know how to pray, the one who leads us and convicts us when we walk in sin and then we don't confess it, the one who gives us wisdom and knowledge and insight into the word of God, the one who gives us insight and wisdom and knowledge in how we interact with each other, the Holy Spirit, him, he's living, he's active, he's among us right now. We can have assurance today. When we confess in Christ, we receive this Holy Spirit. It becomes a part of our daily life. And there's no other position for us to take when we think of all this than one of praise. Isn't it funny how it all comes back full circle? Again, our intended purpose as man in the beginning was to glorify God, to worship him. We were made in his image. We were made in his likeness. We were sharing his attributes and characteristics. Sin came into the picture, broke that relationship. We lived thousands of years, hundreds of years. Christ came, died on the cross, renewed that relationship to where now when we receive Christ, we receive the Holy Spirit, which only makes us what? Come back to worship him. come back to worship him. So if we're not living a life of worship every single day for the gospel, for Jesus, for God, we have, we've lost our purpose. Again, it doesn't matter what you face. It doesn't matter what curveballs come in this life. We have hope. We have assurance. We have a, um, a guarantor in, in Christ and the Holy Spirit. So I pray that if anybody is here today and you feel lost, you feel lonely, that you feel like the world is crashing down around you or that there's no hope, or if you're on the other side, if you feel like everything's going great and you feel like nothing can bring you down, you need to be very, very careful. Because as a life of a believer, we're not promised uh, blessings all the time. If anything, we're actually promised trial and persecution and hardship. Because when you choose to put Christ on, when you choose to believe in Jesus, guess what you put on your back? A target. A target for the evil one. Satan himself to come and to try to tear you down and to make you feel like you are unworthy of the gospel of Jesus. Which is true. None of us are worthy of it. None of us. 
but by God's grace and his goodness and his love, he shows compassion on us and mercy. And he chooses to bring us back into himself. So as we wrap up, I want to encourage you as a church, us, I say you, us, because I am just as sinful and just as, I, I was going to say a word, but it's probably, I was just going to say dumb, but because I'm talking about myself, um, as the next person, right? Um, but I want to challenge us with this. Of when we go throughout each day, I'm going to give, I'm going to challenge you with what Paul's challenging the churches in Ephesus. You need to remain in Christ. Remain in Christ and allow his fervent love stir you and spur you on. Because let me, it's easy for us to read letters like this and not to put it in context and think, oh, the Ephesian people, they, were, they, don't, they didn't struggle with the things that we struggle with today. Have y'all ever read about the city of Ephesus? They had more, if anything. It was a large port city, probably one of the largest cities at that time, that had a lot of different merchants, that had a lot of different uh, philosophies and ideologies and, not, and different people who come in and try to teach different truths. They had idol, big pagan idol worship going on. And so for the church in Ephesus, the struggle was real, just like it is for us today. But yet they, in this season, in this letter, remaining faithful. We see later on in Revelation that they don't necessarily cling to that, but that's why Paul is writing to encourage them to stay true in Christ. So I'm going to challenge us to do the same. But again, if anybody's here today and you don't have a relationship with Christ and, and, and you feel like there's no hope, don't believe the lie of Satan. If you're a believer here today and you feel like there's no hope, don't believe the lie of Satan. You need, to, you need to surrender that. You need to confess it. And you need to just cast that way off. Let Christ take that for you. Because Christ came and he bore the penalty of our sin and our death so that we don't have to carry it anymore. So I'm going to pray for us. And we're going to go into a time of invitation. And if anybody has anything on their hearts, anything to pray for, I challenge you to come down here. You can pray at the altar yourself. You can come talk to me. You can come talk to anybody. Um, but make it right today. Get it fixed. So will you guys pray with me? Lord God, we come before you, Lord, and we just thank you so much for your word, for the, how it is timeless. Lord, the things in which the apostles wrote about to the different churches uh, in their day, Father, are still very prominent today. And it, it, it can meet us where we're at. So God, I pray that if there's anything on our hearts that we need to confess to you, that we need to surrender to you, so that way we can better serve and better love and better worship you, God, I pray that today we will just lay it all down at the altar, that we'll lay it, whether it's here at the altar or in the, in the pew, wherever, Lord, that we'll just surrender to you so that way you can do a redeeming work in our lives so that way we can truly worship and praise you, God, as you intended us. And I just pray that if anyone does not have a relationship with you today, they don't understand the inheritance of which they can be receiving and every spiritual blessing, Lord, that today you will reveal that to them, that they will come to know you in a very real and personal way, Lord, that you will reveal or, or that you will remove the veil of their heart, that way you can give them eyes to see. God, we love you. We praise you. We thank you for this time that we get to study your word together. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.